Free agency is officially open, and my Minnesota Wild did make a little bit of a splash, which I wanted to, well, we're going to talk about. Are we, are we opening the show with some minutiae? We, sort of. Okay. It's, I think it expands beyond minutiae, right. because a lot of people were talking about this particular quote from general manager Paul Fenton, who's had a few doozies here since <laughs> he became the general manager of that team. But this one was especially notable. He said, and this was coming, by the way, tweeted from the official Minnesota Wild uh, account, this quote. <laughs> On the signing of Matt Zuccarello, at Zuccarello36, GM Paul Fenton says, I told him when I was talking to him that he's like a lizard. The way a lizard takes his tongue and sticks it as far as it does and retrieves what it was trying to do. Okay. What What does that mean? I don't know. That's the quote. Is like the tongue his stick? Does he have a good reach? I think maybe, yeah. Which is sticks to him? Which is a weird thing to say about a guy who's, what, like 5'2"? How tall is Zuccarello? Something like that. Well, (laughs) we do know from from – Fenton's uh, tweets last week or quotes last week that he, you know, he likes he likes to look at how tall the players are. Yeah, but see, that's just it, right? Like, what is he saying? I don't even know. That's that's the I don't know what he's saying. Aren't, aren't lizards kind of slow? They kind of sit around and bask in the sun. And well, I think really it depends on the lizard. Okay. I, like an iguana is definitely very slow. Yeah, yeah. But then there's little lizards that run fast and <laughs> you know are lightning that's quick. That's true. With their I don't, I don't know if, if this looks good for your club. It doesn't. It's not a big ringing endorsement. It well, it's <laughs> it's <laughs> at least they. Signed the guy, whereas <laughs> yeah, Phil true. Kessel vetoed the trade to go there. That's so, true. and he's ah, from t- there. basically from there. So, I don't know. It, it doesn't look great for the Wild, but hey, you know what? If you want a good lizardy player, <laughs> we got one in Minnesota. <laughs> Sound of Hockey episode 43. We're calling this one, oh, we're calling this one the Quinn Hughes Wait, episode. Wait, who put this in here? Who put this on? I might have done that, but, yeah. I have, but I have a confession to make. Because okay. when I, I was one of the first ones to add a note uh-huh. or a show sheet, so that's usually who gets the power. Yeah. And I thought, I think that's Quinn Hughes' number. I had to look it up. Oh, okay. Because he only played like five games in Vancouver. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's 43. But Can we is. veto it? Technically, no, he's, you know what? It's okay. It's already okay. been said now. He's a friend of the blog, isn't he? Yes, yes. that's right. Friend of NHL to Seattle.com because he did briefly appear in a story that Andy wrote last year. Yeah. Uh, by the way, my name is Darren Brown. Hello. Uh, I am at Darren Fun Brown on Twitter. Joined by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? Uh, at Andy Ide on Twitter. And John Barr. Hello, John. Greetings at NHL to Seattle on the Twitter. Why did you just turn into an alien, John? Or a robot. I sound okay. Like, like, kind of robotic. We are coming to you from Bar Down Studios in Seattle, and uh, we are happy to be here with you. So it's day after uh, Canada Day. Day so after Canada, Canada Day. Day. Also, probably more importantly, the day after. Whoa. Should I say that? <laughs> after free agency opens, then we just lost some Canadian listeners. Uh, so free agency <laughs> is officially open in the NHL. So there's a lot, a lot to talk about this week which we will certainly get to. We're going to start the show, though, with a review from Stitcher. This one comes from Lanny is a Legend. It's a five-star review. It says, Great hockey infotainment. I started listening to this pod about four episodes in, and it has since been added to my regular rotation, even as the often shunned Bruins fan, although Flames will always be my number one, and less often shunned Canadian listener. <laughs> well, there you go. We just shunned him. Well, he probably didn't. You shunned not, him. He, he turned it off. Yeah. So you I still, him. I still I get a chuckle. Canada Day. Yeah, I still get a chuckle out of every episode. The fun that is had in the diversity of hockey news provides listeners with the broad context of hockey in general, and not just the NHL, being a transplant to Seattle. I can't wait to have the crap weasels bring the NHL to town. I was hoping to hear some letter Kenny hockey slang on the show by now, but I guess you can't have everything. Keep up the good work and more whoosh, on the weekly one-timers. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Lanny is a legend. That's a big Texas size 10-4 on the letter Kenny uh, <laughs> stuff. Awesome. Awesome review. You can leave your five-star review on Stitcher or on iTunes. We will read it either way. We very much appreciate it. And uh, it does help us grow. So if you haven't left your review, please get out there and do it. Uh, we're going to start with Seattle news on the show here. We have AHL affiliate news. Uh, Andy, your snowbirds, is it happening? Uh, well, I'm hoping it's a snowbirds, but yeah, Palm Springs is going to be the location for mm-hmm. Seattle's AHL franchise. Uh, uh, Oakview Group is building a casino, or not a casino, a, <laughs> a, a, a 10,000 seat arena on some tribal land 
down there. Uh, so they'll be next to a casino. Yeah. That's what confused me. Uh, so they're going to start construction on that uh, in January of 2020. And it's only going to take them a year. Well, so they – and they technically just applied. Yes, that's for the a AHL, good point. Right? Usually by the time they apply, <clears throat> similar to the NHL. Things well, are kind of on rails at that point, but it also, you never know what could come up. I saw I saw something of note is the projected cost of the arena and the training – and they specifically mentioned training center. Mm-hmm. It's expected to be $250 million. So interesting, <laughs> the facility is going to be right there. Grant, groundbreaking construction expected to begin. In February 2020, with completion by fall of 2021, which makes me a little nervous. nervous. (laughs) So, you know, it's interesting. What would they do if they don't play on the road for the first month? Yeah, it seems like the AHL, you could probably do that a little AHL season starts a little bit after the NHL, like a couple weeks after. I wonder if they would do the split squad scenario that Vegas did with Chicago Wolves the first year, which on the surface didn't look too good. No. And the point that you made about how they have only applied for uh, for expansion, which is true, they, and which is why nobody at NHL Seattle has said much about, yes, we're Palm Springs. They just yeah. said we've applied. But uh, remember, we talked about it on the podcast before the commissioner of the AHL was on uh, 31 Thoughts podcast back in, I think it was beginning of May. And he made a comment that in, a, in an ideal situation, Seattle would go to Palm Springs with a new arena. So new arena is coming. So it seems like that's going to be uh, okayed. I, I can't imagine that being too much of a stumble there. Yeah. But, but until it's official, it's not official. Also, like a little bit of a little bit of a get off my lawn is we heard Palm Springs in Boise in February. February mm-hmm. from front of the pod, Dave Tippett. Yep. And fans still can't seem to wrap their heads <laughs> yes. around this, like still arguing for Tacoma, Spokane. Portland. Portland. Yeah. And it's just there's some big money at play here. And they need to make sure they make hole on their investment here. And I don't – first of all, I like that they're not being so disruptive with the WHL teams. Which they've right? been pretty vocal about not wanting to Right. Do. And they want to kind of support it. So I, I think that's encouraging, at least as a local hockey fan, whether you're in any of those communities – you know, the WHL is special and different than the AHL, and I think that's that's something to be – that we should be proud of here. And, and so – because they've been here for a long time mm-hmm. and built the fan bases up. So anyway, a little bit of a get off my lawn. Not mm-hmm. quite, but anyway, excited about that. Yep. Go Snowbirds. Go Snowbirds. I did also see that this is – and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is the most expensive AHL-specific arena that's ever going to be I built. Have I have to imagine. I didn't see that, but Wouldn't everything kind of in, increases in expense. Well, yeah. so, what's yeah. interesting is in that same interview uh, on 31 uh, Thoughts, the, the commissioner talked about how the AHL, there aren't very many arenas that are owned by the team that operates in them. So this will be – I mean, I think one of three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he said that would be the ideal. If they could set that up all around the league, that would be the best. But a lot of them are, are – just tenants in, in either municipally owned or other privately owned arena. So it's a little bit of a benefit to have your own arena that you own. You kind of control yeah. the dates and everything. The other big news out of the NHL Seattle organization is that they made a hire in their uh, hockey front office. Sort of, I don't know, do we, we want to say it's replacing Dave Tippett? Not really because it's a totally different role, right? But it's uh, in the hockey ops realm. And this is Alexander Mandricki. Now, she worked previously for the Minnesota Wild. And John, I know you know a lot about her. So what do you want to share there? Well, she's... She's kind of a an analytics darling, if you will, in the community. And she, you know, she's been at Van Hack. She was at SeaHack. She was hired by Chuck Fletcher when she was running War on Ice. If you remember that website on the the advanced analytics, people have say that she's a rock star. She was ranked 14th in the Athletics uh, top 40 under 40 as far as people in hockey. I think it's a huge coup. Like, I know she's been coveted by a couple different teams and declined a couple teams as well. I think we are lucky to have her and I'm pretty excited about that hire. Yeah, definitely a good start when you look at them starting to build their, build up their hockey ops. I think it would be tough to do better than what they've done That's here right. for an analytics right. person. How do you guys think this relates to the departure of Tippett, though? Do you think that there's any, like, it was sped along to try to hire somebody into hockey ops or... Um, do you think that if if Dave was here, do you think that they still would have made this higher? That's a good question. Yeah. I think the timing, there was a couple things at play. For one, she declined staying with the Wild. Mm-hmm. And so then she's essentially a free agent at that point. Yep. And so she was probably set to take another job somewhere. And, I, you know, I don't really know how she connected with the Seattle team. But that obviously, the timing worked out pretty well that that, um, they found her and and she got hired. Does her uh, leaving the wild count as minutia? 
Hashtag minutia. You, you guys brought it up, yeah. not me. No. <laughs> that wraps up our Seattle update. But the only thing we want to talk about before we get to NHL, free agency, and trades and all that stuff, and yes, we will get to it, and yes, we know there's a lot of it. Uh, but the other thing we want to talk about is some college hockey news. Now, it came on like a 5 p.m. news dump on Friday kind of a thing, and which was like the absolute last minute they could have released this news because uh, the teams involved have to give a certain amount of notice to their league or to their conference when they decide they're officially leaving. So seven teams from the WCHA have decided that they're leaving the WCHA to form their own new conference. It's assumed that there will be one more team that will join them. But the three teams that are not being (laughs) invited to join them are the two teams that are in Alaska. So the University of Alaska Anchorage, the University of Alaska Fairbanks, and the team in Alabama, the University of Alabama Huntsville. So those are the three teams that I imagine are hardest to get to for these WCHA schools. It's a weird situation because this is one of those where the belief is that college hockey as a whole really wants to grow and continue to bring in new schools. And this is a very obvious play by these seven teams to say, you know what? we're going to just get rid of these three teams that are inconvenient for us and they're going to have to deal with it themselves and figure it out. So for the listeners, can you name the seven teams that are essentially leading? From <laughs> Offhand, <WCHA>? no. <laughs> well, uh, but, no, but I think I, I'm, I'm not trying to quiz sure. you. I'm just saying like we should kind of share that. So, some of the teams in there are like Bemidji State, Minnesota State, Mankato is in there. Um, Lake, I, Lake Superior. Lake Superior Ferris, State. Fair State. Northern Michigan. Okay, you Michigan do have them memorized. Tech. You're just showing off. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I didn't intend to do that. I'm just trying to. <laughs> do you know this list? I, I think we're missing somebody else. That, I just want to kind of give people sure. an idea of which teams are actually at play here. So those teams are all kind of centralized around the Midwest. And so for that, I mean, you get it, right? To travel mm-hmm. to Huntsville, Alabama, and to travel to the Anchorage and Fairbanks when you're coming from Bemidji, Minnesota, like that's not easy travel. So what, what right? happens to those those three schools now? They just have That's to look the for thing is, is we don't know, right? So they, they have two years to figure it out. But okay. the thing about Alabama Huntsville, right? Like they're obviously a non-traditional market, but they've been through some tough times before because when the Big Ten Conference got created, they tried to join the, what was then the CCHA and got denied. Mm-hmm. So then they were stuck as like an independent trying to figure out a place to play. Magically, the, the WCHA, which back in the day, the WCHA was one of the main conferences. But when the Big Ten came around, essentially it was the Big Ten, then the hockey power schools that weren't invited to be in the Big Ten formed the NCHC. Go ahead and name a few. The, so those are like the North Dakotas, the... Duluth. Yep, Minnesota, Denver, Duluth. Denver, I believe, is in there. St. Cloud State mm-hmm. is in there. It's like a lot of the really good hockey schools are in that conference. And then the ones that were left over formed the WCHA. So it doesn't make any sense geographically what they have. But, you know, still, like, there, I feel like there's a way to to do this that feels less slimy yeah. by the seven is, schools. Is there, is, They're is like, get Arizona out of here. State an independent? They're still, still independent, independent, but I think they are planning to join a conference. I'm not even sure which one, but I think it's in the next couple of years. They're so, supposed well, to the talk about that, not, and we should probably not get too far down this path, but is joining hockey East miraculous. Yeah. But that's a totally different rat hole that we can go down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, it's it's just it's a weird thing. It's kind of totally goes against the idea of growing the game. Instead, it's just cannibalizing itself. And because you wonder now how if if these teams can't find a conference, which it's very possible that they can't. And I started mentioning that Huntsville had tried to join the CCHA and got rejected, and they almost folded their program. Like they came very very close, and in the in the last minute got picked up by the WCHA. So. so- yeah, and I so I read up a little bit about this as well. Is that so? Those three teams are traditionally like bottom of the conference mm-hmm. the last last mm-hmm. seven years or however long it's been formed. And yeah, the travel to Alaska is brutal. Um, of course, Huntsville. Huntsville. They seem people seem to be a little bit more bullish that they can figure it out because it's just they get on a plane and it's a little easier to travel from Alabama versus having potential snow delays on both sides, mm-hmm. uh, like Alaska. Um, so. That's going to be interesting how that pans out. Now, I know they needed to give 25-month notice, which is why this kind of came in last minute. And mm-hmm. this totally flew under the radar for me. But then I started hearing people talking about it and referencing it. I'm like, well, that's kind of crazy. So it should be interesting. Now, um, what I is not being talked about is the WCHA women's side. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty significant. There's only seven teams in it. and But three of them are Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And those are some pretty 
huge women's programs. Well, I don't think this is in any way impacted. I think the women's WCHA and the men's WCHA operate independently. They oh. don't. They actually leverage the same. There's synergies, if you will, mm-hmm. with, with the men's side, right? Okay. So like it's in the same office. They have a different commissioner, but they share resources. It's going to have some kind of ramifications. Like, But they were already fragile because of North Dakota leaving mm-hmm. a few years ago, kind of, and that's reducing it from from eight to seven. So there's concern that what happened in the men's side about the forming the Big Ten mm-hmm. program, there would be a, a Big Ten women. Interesting, and that would leave some of the other teams out in the cold. Yeah, and you'd have the same kind of like reformation thing that would happen. The sad thing really is that when like the Big Ten came around and people, you know, it was very controversial and this is what happened, right? There was this weird ripple effect where you took some of the biggest schools out of the WCHA, pushed the other good hockey schools into this other conference and whatever was left was, right, went to the WCHA. Now we're essentially going through all that again, but in a smaller scale just to kind of weed out some teams that are inconvenient. And it's just, I wish that they would have worked with those teams to come up yeah. with a, a plan. As somebody who's not that huge on college hockey, is, is the big impact for those three that left out in the cold is scheduling? Like now they don't have a conference schedule or they I think it's everything because now, I mean, schedule. if you're an independent, you have to just pick up whatever yeah. games you can, meaning so you're traveling. And the competition might also go down if you're not playing. For sure, yeah. And and if you're not in a conference, I mean. And I think there's some – you can market yourself as a Mm -hmm. conference and then shared Mm -hmm. revenue, whether it be – I don't know if there's much TV revenue in there, but but sponsorship and stuff like that. And recruiting would be affected, I would imagine, too. Yeah, except that they don't seem to do well right now to be – I mean, to be perfectly frank. What's interesting is double friend of the pod, Chris Peters, (laughs) in December mentioned that – he wasn't sure if Alaska would have That's their, right. their program that, in yeah. five to ten years. I forget. Yeah. It was one of the bicycles. We asked him about the University the of Washington. 12. Yeah, yeah. Well, get on at Pac-12 because there's a West Coast vo- void there. There so you go. Like, Maybe we can get Alabama Huntsville into the Pac-12. Sweet. Perfect. <laughs> All right, all right. We'll move on to the NHL, and there is a lot, a lot to talk about. I so feel like first, we should do some like stretches or something. Yeah, maybe limber up. So much to talk about. You at home, limber up too. We're gonna move quickly. So if you if you miss something and you want us to go back and repeat it, just make sure to write your five star review <laughs> and mention that in your five star review. Or hit the little button on your on your phone or whatever you're listening to this on that goes back ten back. seconds. Yeah. You could do that too, but but I would recommend <laughs> more the five importantly, star yeah, like yeah. definitely do the call five John. Star tell me, want to hear more. <laughs> Speaking of which, his phone number. Is <laughs> so. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go through the teams that we think made an impactful thing: move, trade, <laughs> signing, whatever. And we're gonna do it alphabetically by their location, <laughs> so that you scoring at home could <laughs> factor that we, in fact, did cover all the teams that. There was know. a very thorough vetting process. Yes, to talk, to but get the other there's some missing about. teams, right? There are so, some missing teams yes. that we just decided are not even worth talking about. One of them is the San Jose Sharks, uh, who all they did was resign Timo Meyer. We're not going to well, talk. Just, about now we're talking about it. Okay, so you got to put that in your <laughs> put that in your five star review as well. Yeah, yeah. Which teams we did not talk about, uh-huh. and how mad you are about that. But we did narrow it down a lot to eighteen teams to talk about. <laughs> narrow right. down to eighteen. All right, speed round. First, speed round. Let's break it down. Arizona. Their big move is they trade for Phil Kessel. So in come the hot dogs. <laughs> Out goes Alexander, Alex Galchenyuk, and I think there are a couple other like fringe pieces there. But obviously the big thing there is bringing in Kessel. They didn't do much in free agency. Uh, what do we think about this? I think it moves the needle a little bit. But, I mean, you're kind of trading one offensively skilled player that doesn't play defense very well for another offensively skilled player that doesn't play defense very well. So, I don't know. I don't think it moves it enough to get well, you over the hump. I mean, do you know who the top scorer on the Arizona Coyotes was last year? Uh, was it Alex Galchenyuk? No. no. Was it... Oliver Ekman Larson. No. Nope. Was it Mike Smith? <laughs> <laughs> Brad Richardson. Brad Richardson. Okay. Nice. So they needed Check scoring help. Nine nine they, need, they needed scoring help. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's a good fit. And what's interesting is Kessel has a pretty stringent no trade or a limited no trade clause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can veto. So I've he, learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. So I like how he picked Arizona, mm-hmm. yeah. and I think it's a good fit. Uh, it should be interesting. Makes them a little bit more interesting to watch. He he has history with Rick Tockett there too. Yep. So I think uh, I think that helps. And it. Galchenyuk has has always been a fascinating player because I remember when he was drafted, there was a lot of hype, and you know he was a surefire yeah. prospect. He's never he really in Montreal. Well, he had injuries yeah. this past year yeah. too, so he he may have ended up being the top scorer, but he had he missed the the first part of the season. So, but he's just never really put 
put it together. So we'll see if, if, if Pittsburgh with, you know, maybe not as much on his shoulders there. There's a couple okay players. Yeah, <laughs> that maybe he'll, he'll flourish a little bit better. Uh, next up, we have Buffalo, who acquires Jimmy VC via trade. That's about it. Any thoughts on that one? Funny thing about that is that when he was drafted, he was drafted by Nashville. Nashville then traded his rights to Buffalo. Yeah. And he, for a third round pick, he let those expire. He didn't sign with Buffalo and then signed with the Rangers only to be traded just now <laughs> back to the, back to Buffalo. Nice try. And coincidentally for a third round pick. There so, you go. Nice try. Uh, next up. The Carolina bunch of jerks. Now they had some interesting stuff happen here. They they acquired Eric Howla via a trade with Vegas. Vegas is essentially just doing a, a salary cap dump there. Um, Howla had some injuries last year, but he's a pretty good player. Uh, they also traded away Scott Darling, who we've talked about a lot. Now this is the goaltender, the, the goaltender who you know got buried in the AHL, was on a big contract, had a horrible, horrible stay, I guess, in Carolina. Uh, so they traded him to uh, Florida. Florida buys out his contract, so Carolina. Gets it's James Reimer back, which I don't know if that does much for you, but good backup. Yep, good yep. backup. Uh, also, now the biggest thing out of Carolina was Sebastian Ajo's situation. So everyone's been, you know, pining for an Routine. offer sheet, right? I'm one of them. Everyone wants an offer sheet. The offer sheet finally comes in from the Montreal Canadiens. A little disappointing in it, though. A little disappointing. It wasn't that like crazy of an offer for Sebastian Ajo, who is super young and hands down Carolina's best player already. So Carolina, I mean, yeah, they have no choice but to match it but also as GM Don Waddell said in the media he's like hey you just made my summer way easier because now I don't have to spend all this time negotiating negotiating." and he did sign it he signed the offer sheet for Montreal but they just it wasn't like that overwhelming right like I think it was an easy match even for Carolina who's kind of you know known to be sort of a a cash strapped organization like they were kind of all over it like they put out a Twitter poll right after like will we sign Ajo yes or no no it was yes or we were the options oh I didn't even notice that part of it (laughs) I just thought I just thought that the fact that they're even putting out a poll is pretty obvious. This is before they announced they yeah. were. I'm like, come on. Yeah. I One, do hope that they wait the full eight days though, just just to cause just to really be jerks. Because that'll they, tie up all that money that that the Montreal's cap. They can't spend it until the the hurricanes officially have, have matched it. So I think they will. They they had a tweet go out from their official you know Twitter account that said the hurricanes intend yes. to match the offer. See, sheet, that part so. I like. I like the little little back and forth, yeah. the, little, the gamesmanship a little bit. Like you're gonna you're gonna sign our guy to an offer sheet. All right, we'll wait the full eight days to match. All right, next up, and this one was, I think this one's more subtraction than addition here on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, we've talked about the Blue Jackets a ton, right, and what's going to happen after they made all those trades because they had guys with contracts expiring. Well, unfortunately, exactly what everybody thought would happen has happened <laughs> because their big three did all walk. Panarin, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, and Matt Duchesne are all gone. Ryan Dezingle has not yet signed as of the recording of this podcast, so we're not really sure on that one. Um, the only thing they really did was they re-signed former Everett Silverton Ryan Murray, uh, and they brought in Gus Nyquist for five and a half million and four years, which sounds like a bit of a reach to me. They, they did make one last ditch, uh, or at least it was reported they made one last ditch offer to Panarin for mm-hmm. like huge money, more than he ended up signing with, which may have helped him in the long run. Uh, but that people thought that that kind of was a, a smokescreen or just a, or something to save face, but. He didn't sign it. Yep, correct. Man, I'm bummed about Columbus. Yeah. Well, you know, we were at the at the draft. We're like, hey, how come I haven't seen <laughs> prospects walking around in Columbus jerseys? And we're like, oh, because they traded away all Everything. of their damn picks. Yeah. So- they claim, because hearing interviews with their GM, that they have a bunch of guys ready to come up from the, the There miners. are some. So there are we'll, some. We'll, we'll, they'll try to, like, restock. Moving on to Colorado. Now, this is quite the opposite story. Mm-hmm. This is not a team going from downhill. This is a team very much going uphill, which is kind of ironic because they're the avalanche going uphill is that tough better one? no that's like they're getting better right like yeah, gotcha. yeah. Uh, he, he's so, trying to make a thing the avalanche they're usually going down so in addition to having a great draft where they brought in Boehm Byram and uh, who was the other guy that they got later Alan in the Hook first Hook. round yep new hook uh, they also make a trade for Andre Burakovsky they sign Jonas Donskoy they also also make a huge blockbuster trade to bring in Nazem Kadri and something called Kali Rosen, uh, <laughs> but for that they had they did have to give up Alex Kerfoot and uh, Tyson Berry. So yeah, that's a big time trade and big time moves for a team that is well. And they needed to kind of shift the balance, right? They were so top heavy with the top three forwards, mm-hmm. and their defense is strong, so so they can get rid of Tyson Berry, uh, bring in Nazem Kadri. 
who should add some depth yep. to their might be the second line center, a good and, clean player. And we, well, we talked to about them. Gabe Landeskog. We talked about Colorado. One of our very first episodes about one of the one of the the knocks on them before the season started was that they were had Top that heavy. one line, but after yep. that it got a little sketchy. Um, what I like about the, about them moving Barry, who I like, but uh, you know because I'm a big Bowen Byram fan, and I wonder if this uh, gives him a legit shot of making the, the roster right out of right out of junior. So, so we'll you see. have Byram. Kale McCarr and Sam Gerrard on the blue line. That's three really, really good. It's your next decade of uh, defensemen. Man, yeah. Uh, Chicago, not quite as exciting, although they did kind of pull off an interesting steal on Robin Leonard, which no one really saw this one coming. It's a one-year deal. I think most people expected him to go back to the Islanders after having a a Vesna quality season. He was nominated, yeah. He was. That really resurrected his career. That was a head-scratcher for me because he was, it was such a great story in, in New York, and it was a, a love story. Kind well, of and, and what does the, this mean for Crawford in mm-hmm. Chicago, yeah. right? Is he still the starter or what's going on? Well, and who knows about his health with all his concussion yep. issues he's yeah. had, right? So, but, I mean, what does it give you? It gives you that great 1A, 1B tandem that, that you know I like so much. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Uh, they also traded for Andrew Shaw, so they have officially gotten the entire band back together. So <laughs> that's a pretty good. That was a pretty good deal for for Chicago. Just trade some picks for Shaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Dallas. This one scares me a little bit as a Central Division fan. They got quite a bit better, I think, with the addition of Joe Pavelski. John, sad to see him go, but it's a business. Kind of yeah. had to happen, right? To keep what they were. All, well, it did. They had room. The younger guys. Yeah. It did, and a brilliant, brilliant signing, in my opinion, of Corey Perry for one year and. $1.5 million. This feels so much like a steal for them. He had one year of injuries. We discussed it two weeks ago when Andy was rudely looking at John Mark's <laughs> laptop yeah. and they almost fought over it. Yeah. Yep. We did fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> almost. I think, it's a, I think it's a brilliant signing, though. I mean, this one, you know, he's he's been so good for so long. And yeah, he's getting older, but man, this. Well, guy, it's only one year, yeah, right? Still like, so be he, he, but another team like like Colorado, we talked about them too, that they have a, a really good top line with uh, Ben and, and uh, Sagan. Mm-hmm. And so now you've, you've added some depth uh, with Pavelski and then and Perry. That's probably your second line, I would guess, uh, right now. And that's, They're still that's kind of weak good. on D, but. Yeah, you know, they got that where young Colorado kid. shifted things around significantly. Yeah, we'll kind of gloss over this one. We'll put Edmonton and Calgary together, the Alberta teams. Really, they didn't do much, but somehow they managed to, <laughs> <laughs> without making a trade, they managed to swap goalies, which I don't really understand it. But Cam Talbot and Mike Smith <laughs> have literally just traded places now. So, but without getting traded, they each just like signed. That's free agents. So Mike Smith in Edmonton. Yep. With ironically, friend of the pod. Dave Tippett, who was also his coach in Arizona. Yeah, he was Phoenix. But Mike Smith was also the leading scorer in Arizona this last year, right? And he dives a lot. We had him on goalie diving corner earlier this season. Yep. Florida. Now, (laughs) this one one was interesting because Florida had been rumored for so, so long to be adding both Bobrovsky and Panarin. It was kind of just expected. Yeah. Like just everyone. Everybody in the media is like, oh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to both go to Florida. And then as the free agency interview period, which I'm so fond of. uh, (laughs) More to come later. Yeah. It started happening. All of a sudden it became clear that Panarin wasn't signing there. So I don't know what happened with that. But Bobrovsky comes in on an absurd deal. Carry price, <laughs> carry price dollars, 10 million, seven years for him. So that's, I mean, can't, can't beat that. No taxes in Florida. It's Florida, very humid there though. True. Florida, I just don't know if they've added enough yet to mm-hmm. be a contender. If they were to add Panarin, that would have been a, that would have been a game changer, I think. But yeah, that should help them hopefully get into the playoffs. Yeah, they did get a little bit more depth with Noel Akshari, Brett Connolly, and Anton Strawman. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, they do have uh, Coach Q behind the bench now. That's so that true. That's true. Good point. Uh, did you guys see the thing, by the way, today? That, Where he looks just like the logo? Yeah, I it was that. revealed that <laughs> the Florida Panther logo look, looks identical to Coach Q's. So. And there was a press conference where he's standing right. It's like right <laughs> over his same shoulder. Same angle. <laughs> They're looking the same direction. It's like he planned it. I don't know. Good stuff. Uh, okay, my Minnesota Wild. So we mentioned at the top of the show, they signed Matt Zuccarello. It's fine. I think it's fine. It's a five-year deal with a no-move clause, which really kind of scares me because he's going to be 32 when he starts. Uh, what I don't really understand, as I mentioned, we don't know where the, the direction of the team is as Wild fans, which is interesting because last year they kind of cut bait with a bunch of their guys that have been around for a while. 
said they were getting younger. Then they go out and sign a 32-year-old for a five-year deal. No move clause. Yep, yeah, no move clause. And oh, by the way, they, they also were excited about the size that they were adding in the draft, but Matt Zuccarello is four foot seven, so. <laughs> He's shrunk at the beginning of the show. He was yeah, five, five, five one. Yeah, <laughs> Anyway, it's odd. I don't really know where they're going. Um, Ryan Hartman also gets added. I like that deal probably more than the Zuccarello deal just because it's low dollars, low term, and I'm pretty much at a point in my hockey career where if they sign a free agent and it's for fewer than three years and it's fewer than like $3 million, I like it. So, I like that he said it was a point in his hockey career. Yeah. Darren's hockey career. Well, I mean, I'd be thrilled with those dollars <laughs> myself. But. Uh, okay, moving on to Nashville. Really, we all knew this one, right? Matt Duchesne ends up in Nashville and, and that was one of those that like, this was the, the, the Panarin to Florida yeah. deal, except this one actually went through. So uh, everyone kind of knew that he was going to Nashville mostly because he likes country music. And yeah. Catfish. Yes, and Catfish. The tri-state teams, the three New York area teams, New Jersey, New York Islanders, and New York Rangers, all did some interesting things. Now, the Devils didn't do that much. They signed Wayne Simmons for $5 million, which was kind of a big number for him, but only for one year. But when you add in Wayne Simmons with Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Taylor Hall, P.K. Subban, all these guys that have suddenly joined this team, the Devils could be a really they, fun they team to watch. They were in the playoffs two years ago. They kind of surprised and did yes. this last year, but this this could get them right back in that in that conversation, I think. It really could. Uh, then you have the Islanders, who signed Semyon Varlamov. Uh, now, that one, to me, was a little weird just because why didn't they just bring back Leonard? I don't know. Well, they were the rumor, what was being reported, is they were trying to, they were, they were making a run at Bobrovsky. Right, okay. And then Panarin. Okay. At okay. well, some yep. point, both of them. So I think they held off on some of their some of those signings, especially their own guys, until they saw how that all played out. And so I think it cost them later in the long run. They do bring back their captain, Anders Lee, for yep. seven years, $7 million. Another big ticket there. And that was a late... Yep. It was after Panarin after signed. Panarin signed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think he was, was probably waiting around to see where Panarin signed. I right. always wonder how that how that resonates with a player. Like, oh, now you want me back after mm-hmm. you didn't get the guy you really wanted? I think $7 million speaks. That probably makes it feel better. <laughs> yeah. But what so, got me out a little bit about that is there's been this narrative, whether it's right or wrong, about players not being eager to sign in New York free agents because of their arena situation. They have the split, the deal, and they don't mm-hmm. really have a home. And when it looked like Panarin was going there, I thought, well, that's going to kill that, that narrative because mm-hmm. he's going to go there. And then he ends up going to the other New York. <laughs> so yeah. I thought, well, maybe that's back on now. I don't know. Yeah. So they miss on Artemi Panarin, which uh, that was that was the other thing. Like that sounded like it was going to be a done deal after it was he was not going to Florida. Instead, he's going to go to the Islanders. And then, oh, just kidding. Wrong New York team. He's going to the New York Rangers. <laughs> oh, good to see him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but so Rangers, the third team in the New York area that did some interesting things all of a sudden. And now I think they've gone from bad to good almost overnight. They signed Panarin. They've drafted Kepo Kako, Kepo Kako with the second overall pick. And they also traded, you know, last week for Jacob Truba and Adam Fox. So there's a lot going on in the Big Apple these days, as they say. And I think all three of these teams are going to be fun to watch. This yeah. Week. yeah. And I think the NHL is fun when those three teams are all competitive. And, yeah. And th- th- those are good rivalries that go back a long way. I still remember that New York uh, Ranger, New Jersey uh, series in the 94 playoffs. That was so spectacular. It was back and forth. And that's where you had the famous Mateau overtime winner. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's good for it's good for the NHL when those teams are at the top. After he, the announcer bumped his foot, right? Yes. Okay, and then our friends in Ottawa, the Senators. Nothing too embarrassing or terrible. Well, uh, I don't know. Not too. Know. Notice I said nothing too embarrassing. I or do feel that they got a little bit duped by the Toronto Maple Leafs for oh, yes. taking on Nikita Zaitsev's contract through trade, which. Everyone was saying was incredibly toxic that contract. But weren't so. they also weren't they also in danger of not hitting the cap floor? So do you think that they had they had room to take on bad contracts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have taken on done something better than that. Maybe but, like a bad yeah. contract, but for a better player. Well, yeah, yeah. but you got to get the guy to want to go there too. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I've read a lot about people bashing Ottawa for for that deal, but I don't know if is that is that maybe the Toronto media like spitting the narrative, or Probably. am I getting duped that it's. That Ottawa's getting duped or what? I don't know. Probably probably somewhere in the middle of that. I don't see it. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh, not too much other than the Kessel trade. So they, they move out Kessel, bring in Alex Galchenyuk. They also signed Brandon Tanev, which doesn't do much for me. No, and it was uh, supposedly a really expensive deal for what – I mean, that's what that's what people are talking about is way overpaid for him. Andy, you've watched Brandon Tanev. Any thoughts? Yeah, he, he was a guy that, that was never really consistent or I mean, he, at times would look good, but I wouldn't have given that money. 
Okay. Good thing it's not your checkbook. No. Uh, Toronto, <laughs> we mentioned them. Uh, they move out Nazem Kadri, but then they also sign Jason Spezza, which I think that's one of those like aging, low risk kind of seven hundred thousand dollars yep. for Jason Spezza. You never know. Maybe well, he'll maybe he'll get. No, a I mean like you can't spend any less. I yeah. think that's and bringing in uh, Tyson Berry is a big a big deal. Yep. They, they Tyson Berry the and, and Alex Kerfoot. Mm-hmm. They also got Cody CC from Ottawa, and they managed to rid themselves of the Zaitsev contract, as we just mentioned. They changed the look of their team. Yes. Like, Pretty significantly. That's pretty good. Like, without just adding one player, they, they kind of shifted things a lot. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. And then finally, your Vancouver Canucks, Andy, they add Tyler Myers for five years and $6 million. Is he actually any good? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big ticket for That's Tyler Myers. Really Interesting. We'll they, uh, I, I saw uh, some comments from Jim Benning, their general manager today. They were looking to add some forwards. They, they they needed help on defense, so I guess he's an upgrade. Well, and they added uh, they UConn. Cor- they, they added UConn Cornelius. Yes, as well. yeah. like, don't forget That's right. the, the wrong Ben brother. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they they got a little cap strapped at the last minute by Roberto Luongo retiring early. Oh yes, was, they had agreed to cover some some of that contract had he retired early, which he did. So they kind of ended their free agent period a little bit earlier than they wanted to. Oopsie daisy. Oops. That's their own fault. All right, team, we did it. We got through. I thought that was relatively painless. <laughs> I'm, yeah, tired. Right? I'm tired now. I am exhausted. That's like that the best we've done on one of those <laughs> yeah, That yeah. felt like I was really like cranking through stuff. There were so many times when I wanted to t- stop and talk about things, but I was like, nope, for the good of the pod, we got to keep this thing moving. Uh, what I do want to mention are the guys that are still out there as of the recording of this podcast, which is on Tuesday. So Marcus Johansson, Jake Gardner, who I thought would go pretty quickly, is still out there, skilled defenseman. Michael Furland, Ryan Dezingle, who we mentioned. Patrick Maroon, who just won the cup with his hometown St. Louis and Blues. It, and it sounds like he's not signing back with right. St. Louis. Which no, is I, I heard Edmonton might be bringing him back in, too, or looking at him. Well, the weird thing here is that he ended up in St. Louis last year because he kind of got burned by free agency. He yep. thought he was going to get a big ticket. Didn't get what he wanted, and he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go home and but play. You score some big goals in the playoffs. I know. You win a cup, and now you're, he was impactful. you're, you're more you're more and, attractive. Well, well he's more, but is are he? You? Let's yeah. see where he signs. That's true. He's still out there. Yeah, we don't <laughs> well, know. He was yeah. never going to be a first day guy. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, there's some kind of crazy first day guys. Well, that's but that yeah, but that's not good. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just saying there's some guys that are way worse yeah. than him. That I, I would have been shocked if he went as a first the first day guy. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I disagree with you. I know. I think I think it's two. Against one on this one, I right. think uh, I'm like, I, I would have. He's still out there. So. I'm more surprised that he's still out there <laughs> than the fact that he. I'd like to see know, the was he that good during the regular season though. I think he was solid. I think he had a huge mm-hmm. impact for for that team, and I think that every team in the league is now trying to add size and grit because that's how. Which is funny. Yeah, because the, that's how the Blues <laughs> did it. So like, if he's a key component in that, why wouldn't you want him? I don't know. Interesting though, right? That we're going through the same narrative yep. with him again, and I, I do wonder yeah. now if. If well, he ends up signing a similar deal to what especially he Especially goes back to Edmonton. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Like, yeah. Why do they just keep him in the first place? Others still out there. Justin Williams, Mr. Game 7. Uh, Dion Phaneuf. Joe Thornton, interesting. And Patrick Marlowe. What's the story on those last two guys, John? So we didn't, we kind of glanced over it, but Patrick Marlowe got traded from Toronto to Carolina. Yep. And then we talked about it in the pod that he would probably be bought out yep. and then potentially signed back with San Jose. That, that narrative seems to still be out there. Um, Joe Thornton, similar to what he did last year, if he signs, if he plays again, he's going to play with San Jose. Um, and he said he wants to play. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's going to. Like he just kind of waits, waits to see how the roster shakes sure. out, so then they can figure out how much to pay him. So I think could be similar to Marlowe. It'd be pretty crazy bringing both those guys it back, would. but I, I, I don't think anything's changed since last week when I talked about that that being a possible and actually likely scenario. They might not sign until like August, just because there's no rush, because they're probably. Gonna to sign with San Jose if they sign anywhere. All right, we're going to move on now to a quick get off my lawn. It's mine. Get off my lawn free agency interview period. I hate it so much because (laughs) when free agency opened in the past and now the the interview period started, this is like this new thing that they started doing, what, in the last three years or so where teams are allowed to talk to players before the opening of free agency on July 1st to like gauge if there's interest or whatever, which I think is BS. I hate it. I want it to go back to the, you know, scrolling through Twitter over and over and over and having no idea where guys are landing. And then all of a sudden, as soon as free agency opens, you get all these 
you know, headlines about who's going where. I loved that. I loved that excitement because it was always really shocking. Now it's like, okay, as we've been reporting for three days, Artemi Panarin, well, I guess he There did. was some drama That's with a pretty, Panarin, though. <laughs> it's actually a bad example. <laughs> Scratch that. Uh, edit that out. Yeah. So if we can just cut out this interview period and go back to the good old days when everybody was just tampering, that would be way better. <laughs> but weren't you still hearing reports when, when that was happening? Well, you heard things rumblings, but things were so much less, like, official. Like, like we yeah. knew not only where they were signing, but, but also amounts, like yeah. the amounts, how long. But I exactly. Think, like, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I think no some of that, so, some of that, I think is actually media uh, and Twitter kind of being like a little bit more cutthroat and competitive, if you will, mm-hmm. so that they're always trying to kind of break the information where before I think things were a little tighter and there was no medium for that. Mm-hmm. Unless you did it somewhat officially on the show or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but like even then they weren't – I don't know. I think it was more like, oh, I'm, I'm hearing rumblings. It would never be like so-and-so is going to sign for this amount two days yeah. before it happens. Yeah. You know, And, and there's certain people that say that in a tweet and you're like, okay, that's as good as gold. Yeah, that's lost. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So get off my lawn, free agency interview period. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> moving on you. now to our weekly one-timers. Our first weekly one-timer, the Hockey Hall of Fame class was released over the last week, joining the Hockey Hall of Fame, being enshrined, if you will. Uh, Jim Rutherford, who celebrated by trading away Phil Kessel. Uh, <laughs> and Jim, signing Brendan Taylor. Yeah. Jerry York, Guy Carboneau, Vaclav Nadamansky, who I'm Love not him. super familiar with, but that's all right. He's hey, the original defector. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Haley Wickenheiser and Sergei Zubov, whose name has been getting bandied about as a p- potential Hall Bubble of Famer for, for many, many years now. So he finally gets in. Uh, your thoughts on Wickenheiser, John, because I know you do well, have I've, I, uh, some opinions there. So she was supposedly the only kind of surefire Hall of Famer in this class. So mm-hmm. I want to read off a couple couple points. Okay. Wickenheiser played 21 years in the Canadian National Women's Team. Mm-hmm. She's got seven world championship gold medals. Four Olympic gold medals in four consecutive Olympic winter games. That's 2002, 06, 2010, and 2014. She served as Team Canada captain from 2006 to 2014. Ranks first in all-time goals, assists, and points as a member of Canadian's national team. And then, I love this one, was a member (laughs) of the Canadian national softball team in the 2000 Olympic Games. Yeah, softball. Didn't know that. Yeah. And also when the Hall of Fame called, she couldn't take the call because she was in the middle of a, an exam because she's in medical school right now, which is just <laughs> blows my mind. Like, enough. Yeah. <laughs> we get it. Be good at one thing. We get it. You're better than everyone <laughs> at, at everything. everything. It's, and... it's a cool story, though. Yeah. She was the only one the Hall of Fame couldn't get a hold of because she was she couldn't take the call. Pretty I love cool it. stuff. Uh, congratulations to all of them who I'm sure they're all listening. Yes. Uh, <laughs> They're big fans. Yeah. John, I felt like you were like doing uh, like an introduction at the podium. Like we're about to welcome her up on stage there as you were reading off those points. So I was like hoping that she was going to like walk in the door, but she's not. She, yeah, she wouldn't be in the studio. She's, okay. she's got a medical exam or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. <laughs> she would have been here otherwise. Our next weekly one-timer. Whoopsh. As we've discussed several times, Craig Berube was interim coach of the St. Louis Blues, <laughs> led them to a Stanley Cup championship. Well, now he's finally no longer an interim coach because they did sign him to a contract and RIP, one of my favorite jokes and ongoing storylines from the season. <laughs> I'm sure that was a grueling negotiation. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> well, I mean, it had to have gone on for quite a while because I think they, they knew for a long time that they wanted to keep him as do we coach, know? So. Well, do we know if it was a thing where they just they just didn't want to distract from that's, the playoffs? That's what I've been told. Just, Let's wait. We'll do it after season. That's Don't worry. We got told. you. Nod, yeah. nod, wink, wink kind of thing. Perhaps. Either way, no longer interim coach, so the mystery is solved there. Uh, Our next weekly one-timer. The NHL schedule is out, and opening day is just around the corner on October 2nd. That's not that far away. I guess not. Yes. But I, I love I love when the schedule comes out and start to look at potential road trip yeah. scenarios. You got one? Uh, not yet. I'm kind of looking at Columbus, believe oh, it or not, and might try to catch a Ohio State uh, hockey game or and or football game. So cool. I've kind of looked at those in the fall. Very cool. Our next weekly one-timer. You know what other schedule is out? The WHL schedule. Andy, anybody that you want right. to highlight on this so, one? Yeah, I mean, obviously, both Everett and Seattle and all the other U.S. Division teams will all get going uh, either on the 20th or 21st of September. Uh, it's a Friday and Saturday, so all, all those teams will be 
uh, in action that weekend. But as far as if you're looking for uh, guys that were just drafted, some of the high-end prospects, uh, uh, the Winnipeg Ice, the now Winnipeg Ice, make their first ever trip to the Puget Sound area in November. Uh, they will be in the Shower Center at the, on the 19th, and that, of course, is Peyton Krebs and maybe Matthew Savoy. The, if the he's, if he's, he's happens to be an emergency call-up. Yeah, so November 19th, <laughs> November 19th, they are in the Showware Center. And if I can get this to scroll down, uh, they will be in Everett on Saturday, the November 16th. <laughs> they don't have it all in one place for me. <laughs> I have to go back and forth. And then uh, uh, you the, don't have this memorized, Andy. Jesus, no. Andy. Are, we <laughs> need a new WHL correspondent. <laughs> yeah. Send Rose in your in your review. The third overall Wade, pick. Wade, can you put out a, <laughs> Wade, a link? I forgot about yeah. Wade. Wade, the intern. Can you put out a link for for our listeners? Did to we bring Wade to WHL? Vancouver? I Update our career builder. Did we bring builder. Wade to Vancouver? I never even saw him. I don't know. I, I feel like he was probably around. He's so busy though. You know, he's got a lot to do. So Kirby Doc, who yeah. was the third overall pick to <laughs> Chicago, if he's not in the NHL, which I guess there's a chance he could be. But November 23rd, he and the Saskatoon Blades will be at the Showware Center. And they will also be at Everett's on the 22nd, the day before. So you can see them on back-to-back nights if you'd like. Very cool. Uh, thank you for that, our expert crack analyst there uh, for the WHL good at, good schedule at, breakdown. Good at toggling between two different yeah. windows yeah. on my computer. Wait, Outstanding. Ask Wade to help you out with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our next weekly one-timer. Roberto Luongo, the legendary netminder, also known as Strombone One on Twitter, uh, announces his retirement. He does so in <laughs> in classic legendary yep. Roberto Luongo fashion. He puts out like a photoshopped picture of, uh, you know, like when they have the the power lines with shoes, shoes hanging over them to kind of represent whoever was has died the building, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> but he photoshopped in a pair of goalie pads hanging from a wire next to a pair of shoes. So that was, that was brilliant. And, so he's, and I think it's something like time for, yeah. Home. yeah. <laughs> so awesome stuff. At the end of a, a pretty incredible era for that guy, he was just such a legendary goalie. He's had such an impact on many, many different teams. Couple couple things about Luongo. Mm-hmm. Uh, third all-time in career wins. Second most in regular season games played. This is as a goalie. Mm-hmm. Holds a franchise record for shutouts for the Panthers and Canucks. Oh. And he was drafted fourth overall in the 1997 NHL draft. Do you know who he was drafted behind? What was the year? 97. 19- Third overall? Ooh. Joe Thornton. Fourth overall. Joe Thornton. Joe Thornton's oh. one. Did he I, went one. Oh, I thought you were only looking Patrick for one. Marlo I thought I, Patrick Marlowe went two. <laughs> okay. I know it's right here in the sheet of paper in front of me, but I'm not going to look. <laughs> I want to know. Ole Jokinen. Oh, Oli Okunen. So, anyway, kind of Did, an interesting. Was Oli Okunen his teammate at and in Florida? Florida? Florida. Yeah, yeah, but he was. But Luongo was drafted by the Islanders. So, mm. well, and Okunen was drafted by the Kings. Okay, but they both got traded. Okay, again, it felt like you were reading from a podium, so I was looking for <laughs> Roberto Luongo. Trombone. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> <Come in here. laughs> hey guys. Uh, okay, that's my Roberto Luongo voice. The the end of an era for Roberto Luongo. Uh, Andy, do you have any closing thoughts? I know you watched him play a lot in Vancouver. Uh, Luongo was great. I still remember uh, when he got there. They, he was originally with, with Islanders in Florida. Then they made a trade with the Canucks uh, to bring him in. And the Canucks had been kind of like this mediocre, fledgling team. But I remember the first game he played. I remember watching it to this day, opening night in Detroit. They lost 3-2, to two, but he was amazing. And I remember texting my brother. I said, if Luongo plays like this, the Canucks are making the playoffs, which mm-hmm. they did. And he played like that the rest of the so year. So I, I don't think I ever told you guys this. Uh, probably four or five years ago, uh, I was in Luongo's fan fantasy football league. Oh, no. <laughs> so he puts oh, a I remember him doing football that. league yeah. together every year mm-hmm. and asks Twitter if people basically apply or give their yeah. testimonial. And since I was NHL 2 Seattle and the Seahawks had just won the Super Bowl, I'm like, you need to have somebody from the Super Bowl champion, mm-hmm. you know, Seattle Seahawks fan base. And he's like, all right, bud, you're in. Send me a direct message. Wow. So that's, that's my interaction with him. So did you win? Didn't even come close. Uh, I was okay. horrible. Bomber. Our next weekly one-timer. So we've talked about the ECHL's Kelly Cup quite a bit on this podcast because it's had an interesting run here over the last couple of weeks, uh, being held hostage, uh, getting essentially replaced with a new model. Now, what happened to the new model, Andy? So the new model, which doesn't have an official name, I guess they're not going to call it necessarily the Kelly Cup. Oh, I thought I thought it was the same trophy. No, it's a, it's a new one. Okay. Uh, was won by the 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 Newfoundland or is it the Newfoundland Growlers? That they're your John's literally John's wearing, wearing a shirt. T-shirt, yeah, that right. says Newfoundland yep. Growlers on it. So yep. yes, that's... well, it's a little wrinkle there. I can't quite <laughs> see where it says Newfoundland. So the players were out partying, celebrating their championship of the unnamed cup, and they mm-hmm. went to an establishment, uh, a strip club. Oh, 
Okay. And we don't quite know what happened. The the report I read says that, that there there's, there's some sketchy details, but it got broken. Oh. Now, there was a picture on Twitter of two uh, ladies standing over it who don't appear to be wearing a lot of clothing. And the cut part of it is broken, is off. It's, it's just a base. Just a base. Yeah. So, there's not a lot of details. We don't really know what happened to it. But the new replacement cup. It's now broken. It has been a hell of a ride for the Kelly Cup or <laughs> it's whatever. It's a story that keeps on going. Yeah. Our final weekly one-timer. It's been reported that the Vegas Golden Knights are potentially trading a sought-after Russian player that they brought over, and it was like a big coup when they got him to come yeah, over, that. right? Uh, so Nikita Gusev, now all of a sudden, I, I think that I heard these trying to get like 3 or $4 million, something like that, and they just can't fit him under the salary cap. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this guy needs to get traded. Um, and it has been reported by Jesse Granger, who uh, might be a future friend of the pod. I don't know. Friend of the blog, though. Friend of the blog already, yep. So anyway, he's he's saying that it's, it's very likely that they trade him. Uh, and I think that there's going to be a lot of teams that are lined up to make this happen. Yeah, what's crazy is Vegas is like cap strapped yeah. right now. And and that's insane because, you know, a couple of years ago, they were kind of using it as a weapon. They mm-hmm. could take on some bad contracts, help out, especially with the expansion draft. They, you know, because I, I look, I'm looking at the roster right now. They have Mark Stone, Patrick Stastny, and Carlson, like all around six million or higher, and they're way over. And they've already dumped Halla and Colin Miller, mm-hmm. to, but they still need to dump some more. So pretty crazy uh, that this this guy has never played a game for Vegas, and they're gonna, move and they're gonna have to and they're gonna have to move him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it will be a good get for whoever does uh, end up landing his services. I think because I think he's one of those guys that's like just super skilled Russian player that's gonna come over and immediately be impactful. So we, we shall well, see. Well, we think because they, they had a similar signing before their inaugural season mm-hmm. and that guy never played more than like 15 games. And well, they, I think that was the guy that they tried to send him down to the AHL. They like, did for a while. Do that. And then, and then they're like, to yeah, and it was just like, this isn't working out. <laughs> All right. We're going to close out the show as we always do. Well, as we have since like the end of the season with <laughs> the tweets, of the radar. tweets of the week. Uh, my tweet of the week comes from the great Gord Miller at G Miller TSN. He says, and this was just before free agency open, he says, an NHL GM on what he's trying to accomplish today. The GM says, I'm trying to move out bad contracts so I can give out some more tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Which sums up NHL free agency quite nicely, in my opinion. Andy, what do you have? Well, I'm going back to Roberto Luongo. Okay. Strombone. Bobby Lou. At Strombone 1. So his, my tweet from him is a is a uh, response to the Panthers tweet. They put out a tweet uh, showing the brand new uh, Sergei Bobrovsky jersey, and it says, head over to the BBT Center today between 10 a.m. and, and, and 8 p.m. today for a select a seat event. So you can pick where your seats are going to be Okay, like if you're year. a season ticket holder yep. or whatever. Okay. So Luongo responds and says, I'd like to select a seat symbolic of my career. Do you have anything available behind the goal line? <laughs> <laughs> he's so hard on himself on he Twitter. Likes, he's he? not afraid to, to pick so fun, make fun yeah. of himself. John? All right. So mine comes from Catherine Silverman, okay. or otherwise known as Cat Silverman. She says on Free Agent Day, remember, if your team is being boring on Free Agents Day, they're probably doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so don't freak out if we haven't talked about your team. Yep. And your team didn't do much because sometimes Tampa uh, Bay still the, the be best good. play is doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This wraps up episode 43. This has been a fun one. I, I really am tired from doing this episode. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week for episode 44. Please do subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Stitcher, get on NHL to Seattle.com and visit the store and buy a Sound of Hockey t-shirt. Write us your five-star reviews. What else can we pitch while I'm here? I don't know. But we will talk to you all next week for episode 44. Cheers. Thank you so much. 